0: Welcome to Mind New. It is the end of week six of our stay-at-home lockdown. And this is our Saturday morning conversation. Joining me is Mind Movement's clinical director and vice president, Molly Bates. And we talk on Saturday mornings about grief, loss, and trauma. Given the climate, that sort of increasingly seems like an important conversation to be having. Um, I don't know what you're seeing with your clients, Molly, but Mm -hmm. I... uh, I think people still, my clients still seem like they're a little bit in shock. It's sort of like days are running into each other. Um, We're kind of all getting a little, I think, spacey and lost right now. And then there's this other contingent that is, you know, as these death tolls climb, I mean, it's it's almost unimaginable and, and unthinkable. And more and more, I think people are starting to be personally Affected in that way, which um, which is extremely painful and very difficult to shake. That kind of that kind of grief is very difficult to shake. Sort of sits on your chest and is just really heavy um, on on one end, and then the other end, you're looking at all these hospital workers and frontline, you know, folks, first responders who are. Obviously, in I mean shock and very serious trauma, I don't know if you know you've had a chance, but I've watched a little bit of news in the evening and you see all of these you know, like YouTube videos or these home videos that these hospital employees are making, doctors and nurses that are heartbreaking, to say the least. and you do not only realize the sacrifice these people are making, but of course, as a mental health professional, what I see is just trauma oozing out of these folks and their lives are going to be forever impacted in an extremely <laughs> uh forever i mean this, this is no joke kind of stuff so um it just seems like this this thing is uh kind of becoming an enormous um monster if you will mm. and uh with and and not stopping not stopping anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I I think I, what, we're in week 6 now or going on 7. Going on 7. Yeah. Um, what I'm noticing more this week even my clients who were doing really relatively well the the first few weeks because you know, they've had they had practices in place, they had um mm sort of programs or rituals or routines already in place and you know a lot uh, many of them may have also um gotten sober at some point in time so they it, it's not there's this, there's a resiliency factor and adaptability factor that's kind of inherent um certainly in that 12-step process um, but also you know working with providers um, pre-standing so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know for for that sort of group of people that I work with they you know the first few weeks really um had (laughs) good reactions and they were able to kind of ground themselves and still themselves and respond um to in with action um Mm -hmm. which which a lot of us did and And at this point, I'm really, I'm noticing that, you know, the exhaustion for a lot Mm. of people is starting to set in and there's kind of an increase in some of the depressive symptoms. Um, These feelings that this is, you know, even as we have some people on TV talking about re-entering and, you know, these these re-entry phases and plans I think more and more there is this awareness that you know even if we do go back out um that <laughs> the implications the losses um are going to be so I end are but only will continue to be the impacts um yeah my, I mean it, it's hard to even really kind of think about the the devastation and and you know certainly from the mental wellness or mental health aspect um and so this real dip uh in mood and energy level in just feeling Mm. this is it's still you know it's still going on we're still kind of trapped in our bodies and our homes and what so, <clears throat> yeah. you know, I I also, Sam, you know, one of the things that we have been talking about is um, all of the these anticipated losses, but now in week six, it's like the sun is out today and we're looking at um, summertime and
0: mm-hmm. for
1: many of my clients who are, you know, younger than you and I are. Um, you know, in their early 20s, high schoolers are really struggling um, because there's this sense that their losses are, quote, silly, Mm.
0: um,
1: that, you know, I know it's so silly, but I just want to, you know, wear my clothes. I I want to go, I want to wear my, like, my makeup and I want to wear my, you know, Mm -hmm the the things <laughs> the, this these expressions of me mm-hmm. so and I want and especially for that that younger sort of um mm-hmm. y- you know the peer group this the social ability is so important it's so integral to the development of one's identity and so mm-hmm. you know not having um, access to friends and the social life, and even you know, I'm talking to some clients who are, are home with their families, and so things even like access and consumption of social media, mm. you know, is um, has this influence of sort mm-hmm.
0: of
1: being back at home. Right? We have to watch what mom and dad watch. We have to watch, you know, it's, so it, it, so these really subtle. Mm-hmm. um, losses, uh, <clears throat> it, in order to act you know, in order to adapt, in order to adapt back to sort of the family unit, um, they're get, giving up these parts of themselves that they had really worked very hard to establish. You know, I've got a lot of clients who are young, 20, you know, just landed in New York, right. you know, had just sort of found a career or a friend group yeah. and, you know, dating, that's a whole nother interesting topic
0: <laughs> that is, we could yeah. talk
1: about. Yeah. Um, and so, but when they're talking about it with me, again, it's this like, I know that my loss is, that this is so silly to even talk about. I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. to even say this to you, Molly. But th- these are the thoughts that are running through my head.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you Know for so we continue to talk about the importance of not minimizing your particular specific losses mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and not comparing them to those of your friends and family that you know, New York City and and mm-hmm. you know, the greater um global I- issues that uh, continue to mount as mm-hmm. well. Uh,
0: well. So, you mentioned a lot of kind of big points, I think first and foremost, um, Monday last week we um, you know we had on another psychologist who talked a lot about this um, what happens when you do max out your your fear response, and the other yeah. thing that I'm seeing a lot of, which i'm hearing it i haven't actually really experienced it firsthand. I think you can feel it when you're out in the world, but lots of people saying to me that. They're either observing, or that they're experiencing strangers attacking them, attacking other people. Yeah. One of our, um, one of Mind Movement's uh, health coaches was telling a story about how he was out jogging and a woman screamed at him, "Why aren't you wearing your mask?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another one of Mind Movement's fitness professionals talked about having witnessed at Trader Joe's an altercation in line some yeah. woman attacking a uh, an older gentleman who was you know just minding his own business so you can tell that the anxiety is shooting up because people are acting out but then like you mentioned when you stay at that certain you know you can only stay your, your nervous system can only stay at that peak level of hyper vigilance for so long before you start to really veer into what you're describing which is Utter exhaustion. And that then has a whole other, that's where we start to see, like you said, the depressive thoughts. Uh, what's yeah. it all worth? You know, it's not worth it. I don't matter. Nothing matters. It's all BS. This world is falling apart. This is the end. I mean, you start to get into that. And that, because thoughts, as you know, obviously are mood dependent, what happens is that emotional place that someone is in then judge you know clouds their perception and this just winds up being kind of a a spiral that can really can plunge someone into the depths of very low and ugly places but i think that's happening because that level of anxiety is becoming you, you just we're already a very anxious culture and when you add something like this on top i just think that fear and and then even like i know for my family members that are a little older they're scared. They're scared about their own health, even though it may not necessarily be realistic. Like they're not going anywhere. They're safe at home. You know, nobody else around them has, you know, is, is, has contracted the virus, but there's just that fear that like underlying fear that, Oh my God, if I go to the store, I might die, you know? And so all of that I think too, is very real and creates all kinds of side effects that are really terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely the, um, the anger, mm-hmm. right, this sort of oh, acting out, um, which is another, uh, you know, trauma response, mm-hmm. um, the, the fight response, um, when we're cramped the way that we are, when we're in this fear mm-hmm. state. Um, and certainly, I've also seen, right, people who do have, uh, fears because they're they're older or they have underlying um, health conditions. you know people I know that smoke yeah. um, are just la- I mean it, it becomes this def- this defensive posture or this defensive stance right um, yeah. that, and lashing out in all kinds of places um, and so you know one of the things just in terms of anger, um that i've been kind of talking about and maybe you have some um suggestions too but this again it's a response that our bodies need to discharge right because when you're out in the wild and you are confronted by a tiger right and you have this immense energy right adrenaline that is charged it's just it's automatic response in order so that we have the energy to either fight or run, right? Mm -hmm. And if we are not able to adequately discharge that energy, then it stays inside. And so that's what you're seeing when you're on the street and you're in lines and people are re- I mean, there's a lot of like shaming around yeah. not wearing proper PPE, you know, if you're doing it right or to my liking, um, yeah. I've, I've heard that too. Yeah. And comments, um, people are making to one another. So, so ha- what, do, ha- what do you do with that? Or mm-hmm. this is, I've seen it also with, with some of my, um, uh, healthcare workers, uh, mm. because <clears throat> if they're not adequately able to discharge that energy, they take it home with them. Yeah. And then they, you know, maybe they have a significant other, or um, again, yelling at people on the street, or just having to sit in this really uncomfortable energy at home
0: mm-hmm.
1: without, you know, the normal running, like going for a run, because I have to wear a mask if I go for a run, or what
0: right. Yeah.
1: And just. Fed up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Right. Yeah. Normal stuff. Because given the circumstances, it's really tough. I mean, even if you're getting out in New York City, at least even if you're getting out, you know, and trying to get a run in or a walk in every day, we're just the amount of time that we're spending moving around outside has been cut in uh, you know, a fraction, a small fraction of the amount of time that New Yorkers spend running around, buzzing from one place to another. And I know like my mom, when she comes to visit, she, you know, lives in the Berkshires, so she's not used to walking like we do. And she'll be like, I- how do you do that? I mean, it- it's an insane amount of activity, like just going four blocks. To me, I'm like, what do you mean? It's four blocks, left, like it's up the street. For her, it's like, geez, four blocks is a lot, you know? So for us, we're constantly running and not having that even. Just that basic ability to discharge that we always have has been taken away. And so, you know, I think there's this is very real. This is a very real problem that people are experiencing. And like you said, I think there is that, well, I don't want to, how dare I complain these frontline workers are in hospitals get you know, putting their lives on the line. And of course we honor, we all honor that and appreciate their service. And, uh, and we also do matter and we also have influence. So I'm thinking, you know, one of our team members, so they get attacked while they're out running, which then has this residual impact on them, which then impacts, you know their partner, which then impacts that partner's work. You know, colleague or or how they behave on a meeting, which then affects all of those people that were in that work meeting. And and so we all we all do matter, and we all influence each other's lives in a very real way. And your case in point, look at what's happening with the economy. I mean, there's a place where you start to really see how we are all integral, intricately linked. You know, if Whatever one sports team doesn't doesn't play for a season, you know the Yankees don't play one season, and it affects you know thousands and thousands of lives directly. Mm-hmm. So you start to see how we do matter, and and so one of the things that we've you and I speak about all the time, but I've been trying to prompt my clients because they're experiencing this. I think most of them are experiencing this uh, being attacked or witnessing anger or themselves because they're in a heightened state of anxiety. They're feeling like they want to, you know, lash out at someone on the street who bumps into them or whatever, or who's not wearing the proper protective equipment, um, or complaining about people not wearing the proper. And so what I keep saying is, well, how, if you're looking at that person, like they're an extension of you, what do you think is happening? Like, how can we have some compassion for the other person in that moment? And what do you think is going on? Like, jump into that left brain for a sec. Like, what do you think is is happening there? Oh, well, they're scared. Are you scared? Yeah, I'm scared. Okay. So can we honor and have some... um just as a way to kind of diffuse mm-hmm. some of that anger in the moment by recognizing the other person is you and they are going through mm-hmm. exactly the same thing you are. And mm-hmm. so as a way to not carry this injustice that we're all feeling into every other moment that you're gonna go through the rest of the day. And for some clients, this stuff goes on for, like they'll replay a situation that happened that felt like someone attacked them you know, wrongfully for months and yeah. months. So this is really, these are important things that are going on. I mean, even these little moments, like you keep saying, and you're absolutely 100% right. Let's not minimize our pain and suffering, even if it seems smaller than somebody else's, because Mm -hmm. it matters. It's affecting all of the people we come into contact with, not just our loved ones directly. And it's also going to dramatically impact our lives, not just today, but as we start to like you were saying, begin to think. And I think I think we're premature on beginning to think about re-emerging into the world. But certainly when we do, it's hard to think about, like, what's the grocery store going to be like in six months from now? Yeah. Hard to imagine even at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that suggestion, Sam. Um, because it kind of gets ahead of some of the things that, you know, some of the other um suggestions I have been giving, which is okay, so let's get creative, you know, um we're also we're we're largely silenced right now as well, mm-hmm. just you know in some you know forums we're we're talking more than ever, right, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, sports is a good example of a place where we would go and we would cheer and we would mm-hmm. use our voice and we would hoot and holler, and clap. Mm-hmm. And another example of being moving energy in the body, right? And and that's that's a great example. We don't have access to that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And a lot and all those sorts of live events where we would have, mm-hmm. um, where we would use our voices, where we would use our bodies to express, um, some of this energy inside of us, whether that was excitement or, um, you know, joy, or, you know, now I'm really encouraging people to take advantage of that seven o'clock window, um, where we come together to, you know, honor the, the frontline workers and the essential workers and, and to use that as a outlet, mm-hmm. um, because it's basically, you know, um, socially condoned or, um, uh, a way of, of yelling, um, vocalizing some of these feelings that of, of anger, frustration, um, you know, of loss. And so mm-hmm. guess, you know, what you're mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. in your head and you can, and you can be, you know, you can be doing you can be honoring you know workers as well but use your voice you know in that way Mm um i also like honestly like going over wherever you can walking running biking over to the river and picking up some stones you know and just kind of using your body to to uh, again discharge some of this Mm -hmm. um this energy. I've been working with clients to do that in their imagination if they don't have access to outdoors. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a client who went and found like weeds, Mm -hmm. (laughs) started pulling weeds
0: Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm.
1: that felt
0: good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So if you do have outside access, even in a backyard, you know, getting outside and you know, moving in any way, shape, or form is really critical right now because we are stuck inside. I mean, it's like you were just also saying, we're watching the weather start to turn. Mm -hmm. And that is a whole nother piece because during this time of the year, it's very natural for humans to want, it's spring, it's life. Mm -hmm. It's when we go back to life and come out and thinking about what we might be losing in not being able to do that in the way that we might want to. I know I have clients who had all these travel plans that they have to give up because obviously they're not going anywhere. (laughs) Uh, So, but that's like, this is the time of the year that, you know, they go traveling. They go see their friends in Florida. They go see family in California. That's not happening. And again, that's a luxury problem, obviously, right? But it's also... A real loss for all of us as we look outside and watch this weather situation start to really start to change. And who knows how that's going to affect beaches in the summer, or like you were saying, parks, because you just, you obviously can't have everybody, an onslaught of all of us, you know, heading to the parks or the beaches at the same time, like we would always do. And so this is all these are the questions that i think as we get afraid the other tendency is to start to think ahead and worry about every little thing and what it's going to be like what about the handshake and what about you know hugging uh, someone and what about you know grocery store lines and we start to really panic too about how things are going to be when we go back or when that's going to even happen so these are all i think like you're saying The important things to keep in mind one, absolutely like discharging the energy, making sure that you're giving yourself opportunities to do that and not holding it all in. And, you know, especially if I'm thinking about like heads of households that are trying to hold it together for other people. Mm. Um, This is also a time where if you are, you know, in a household with family or even just a partner, it's gonna, you're gonna see people snapping at each other, people having a hard time containing that energy. And knowing what to do with it in a healthy way. And, you know, this is where you're going to start to see people really having trouble coexisting in that small space. So, taking responsibility is this theme that you and I continue to come back to, but it it really is important. It's, you know, we're very used to not realizing that we have more say in our inner world than we do and so if we can start to you know be more intentional about how we use our inner voice so maybe i'm observing my observing my partner engaging and drinking more than they normally do and i'm really getting irritated by it and i understand it but i'm getting irritated and so i'm focusing on are they going to drink today how much are they drinking they, they drank checking the bottle they drank half of this and how many beers that they drink you know so and again that's a tendency because when we get scared we tend to hyper focus on all the things in our environment that scare us mm-hmm. and so those things are going to come to the forefront and then it's going to be hard not to obsessively so how do we say no you know what i'm not going to give this my attention i'm going to give something that makes me feel much better my attention because i got to take care of myself right now yeah. not only because it's you know makes me feel better but because you know it is what's going to keep me healthy you know it, it, god forbid i do get sick my immune system needs to be strong so that i can fight this thing off mm-hmm. and being healthy and allowing that dopamine to recharge the system is incredibly you know important in all of this uh, so it's for our responsibility also, you know, to take care of the people around us that we do try to find ways to manage our inner experience because emotions are really predictable. And when we catch something early, we have more of a say in where it goes. If we don't, so if I sit on something and try to ignore it and go, oh no, I'm not going to look, oh, his drinking doesn't matter or their drinking doesn't matter, right? Right and then I let that fester for a few weeks, it just starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, by the time I do address it, it's because there's been a war or I'm furious and there's this, right, or I'm sad, whatever it is. So if we can just, whatever the emotions are, try to recognize what's happening in our inner world early so that we can have more of a say in resolving it faster. And then it doesn't become an issue that we have to you know get on top of or worry about later I, you know that's probably the best advice that i could give someone is to watch their emotional health and resolve it as early in your experience of it as you can so that it doesn't become a monster that then you feel like you're drowning underneath later
1: yeah yeah right so having an awareness of what those thoughts are what they look like and then when you don't like them really doing you know using mm-hmm. your toolbox to kind of shift or change the thought yeah or um shift or change your your attention what am i paying attention to mm-hmm. um you know sometimes <laughs> the drinking can can be tough right mm-hmm. um but rather you you, you know instead of noticing the things, all the things that I don't like about, right, how other people are acting out in the world, or the choices that they're making, you know, in my neighborhood, there's still a lot of social congregating. <laughs> and,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: walking in the park, you, you see that, I see that. Um, and, or you know behaviors that somebody that i'm living with that are just starting to like make me insane right Mm -hmm. um what are some of the things that i i can look at or pay attention to that i really appreciate or actually really like about this person Mm -hmm. or putting myself in their shoes like you suggested right and then saying oh, yeah, this person, I can tell, you know, I know why this person is, you know, I have a sense of why this person is, is saying this thing that I hate when they say or doing this thing that I can't stand mm-hmm. that they do, right, reframing um, mm-hmm. that, that, um, that action or how I interpret that action. so really, folk- like, and especially with couples, right, mm-hmm.
0: um, <laughs> yeah.
1: I you know, I've seen so I, I work with a couple of people who are, are dating or who were um newly dating before COVID and sort of this <laughs> this frustration that the 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 progress or the kind of <laughs> which mm-hmm. is just, you know, again, it's, it's like everything else that, that we're experiencing. There's a slowing, there's a pausing. It's not Mm -hmm. happening at the usual rate or pace or Mm -hmm. progression. Right. Um, And this, you know, certainly applies to uh, intimate Mm -hmm. relationships and dating and, Mm -hmm. you know, frustration that we can't, you know, I can't do the things that I want to do with you or I, can I say this thing to you yet? Right? Mm. Is it even make sense? Because I haven't experienced you in the world, right? Mm. So that's one thing that I think we always, you know, you want to get a sense of your your partner as you're getting to know them in mm. relation to other people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how do they? How do they act? How do they carry themselves? Mm you know, with your friends, with their friends, with the grocery store people, with, Mm -hmm. you know, parents, like, this is a way one, a whole nother dimension of a person Mm -hmm. that we want to try and get to know, right, Mm -hmm. as we're evaluating them in the relationship. And That's just not possible right Mm -hmm. now to a large extent. So
0: well, and it's bigger. So Tuesdays we spend just the whole time on Tuesdays at noon talking about this piece, relationships and And we spoke a lot and have spoken a lot about early dating. And it's not just you're assuming that they can be together, that you can actually be in the same space with somebody. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of couples who have been split up because they were early enough in the process that it wouldn't have made sense for them to hunker down together. So they have had to split. And then there's, the trust issues that get kicked up and this feeling like, well, they, they didn't get back to me. They didn't text me this yet today. And what does that mean? And, you know, um, Molly our intimacy and relationship coach was, you know, communicating a story or was telling us a story about her relationship where they didn't get back for like what seemed longer. And, you know, she started to freak out trying to figure out what does that mean? What does that mean? It turned out that they had had some kind of loss in their family. So you know it's that that's distance or then it's like okay so maybe we hunker down too soon <laughs> we we were new and now we're on top of each other and we didn't know we were going to be doing this for as long as we are and now what so and i've seen that as well in fact i have a, a client who's going through that started dating right before this now they have been they have not left each other's side for 6 weeks and this poor young person is trying to navigate dealing with this other person and their mood swings and their needs and trying to make sense Mm -hmm. of it all. And is just in it in every moment, there's no escape. So there's no processing. Uh, So it definitely, you're absolutely, yeah, I mean, it affects that. And then it, for couples that have had, and I was asking Wally more about this, if you've been together a long time, and and you sort of alluded to this with family, because I think this then veers into that discussion about, families being together for extended periods of time when everybody's afraid you know you talked about young people feeling like they've made progress in their lives and then having to like I have a college student as well who now has been got sent home from school you know was in maybe their sophomore year and so you're right like all of this new independence that they were exploring Mm -hmm. now they're back in mom and dad's their their childhood bedroom Mm -hmm. and just like bored and trying to hide stuff from their parents in a normal way not in a even in a you know pathological way but it's also like adults like if you're you could be a 45 year old person and you're back in your parents house and that's happening because you are asked by family members to give up that level of you know independence that you've created in your own life When you reemerge back in the family system, it asks or calls from you unconsciously for you to behave in in a way that you always did going way back. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, early, early childhood stuff. And so you do lose a part of your logical adult self and become in many ways much more emotional because it's activating that early childhood stuff. Oh, sure. So... Yeah, I mean, and then you've got everybody heightened. So all of our defenses, like we talk about trauma all the time and you know everybody has some form of that just from being a human being and growing up. So you know that stuff gets activated on top of being now afraid, on top of maybe worrying about your parents' health or your parents worrying about their health and you trying to help manage that. I mean, it's like endless in terms of the, my sister's going to have a baby in the midst of all of this soon, you know, I think June. So then there's those people who are pregnant and having to deal with the fear of going into a hospital, you know, uh, at this time, and they're not allowed to bring people with them. So, you know, even the baby's dad is maybe not going to be there for the birth. Uh, So, you know, we can't go see the baby in the hospital because of what's going on. There's no visitors. So, I mean, it's, it's, it just never stops. I mean, there's just this residual where in all of our intimate worlds, like our firsthand lives, no matter what the circumstances have been hijacked. And so the question is like, to what degree, (laughs) you know, what degree have, um, has my life been utterly disrupted and how am I handling it? I think probably that's the most important piece I'm thinking about, grief particularly, and how that can sit on somebody and how, you know, grief is one of those emotions where I think um, it's so heavy, loss is so heavy. And I'm just thinking about myself and how I handle that and how it's one of the only things that will wake me up, first thought in my head, it's with me all day. As soon as I have a free moment, I come back to that, that sort of baseline sadness or replaying whatever, missing somebody or rethinking about it, right? So getting over that can be very challenging. And like you said, you know, just like the stages of that process where Mm -hmm. there is this denial and then there is this like fury, this anger, and there is this deep sadness and grieving. So now you're going through that, but you're going through that by yourself. And as we know, like human connection is the answer. I mean, that's the that is the panacea or that's the, you know, fountain of youth or that's the magic (laughs) pill is, you know, connecting to other people. That's what resolves these, these things. That's why we come together when we lose somebody. So we just don't, we don't have that. So it's like, well, how the hell are people supposed to get through these experiences? I mean, it's really people having to say goodbye. I mean, when you hear this, it's, just mm-hmm. utterly devastating. But people having to say goodbye on Zoom, I mean, it's just like, can you, it's horrific. It's horrifying. So, you know, um even listening to these hospital workers saying the hardest part of what they're going through is that, is, is these people are dying and they're alone. And then they feel like they take that on and have to be there for that person. And then watching them say goodbye. I mean, these, this is heavy, heavy, you know, weighs on us. And so Mm -hmm. trying to do everything that we can. And we can do a lot. I mean, the truth is there's a lot that we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing everything we can to take responsibility for our reactions to this stuff so that we can heal, so that we don't end up affecting everybody in our lives in a horrifically negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, you know, we can start to, you know, move on in a, in a healthy way where this doesn't just destroy us.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as you said, we influence one another. And so the reverse of the, the sort of negative and acting out and anger is also true. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and we know that, right. We know that <clears throat> we can lift each other up. Um, and really that's, that's, you know that's a daily practice that has to, I have to remind myself of that throughout mm-hmm. the day sometimes as well and that I think is Sam, how it's we're just gonna you know have to get through this little by little um mm-hmm. the impact is just too you know too big it's too long it's too amorphous too mm-hmm. uh, to, to mm-hmm. go there and get in mm-hmm. that way. Uh, so when we talked a little bit about that on, on Thursday in our, in our yoga discussion, right? How we really can influence one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and this chain that you kind of explained too.
0: hmm That was such a great conversation Thursday. Really helpful. If you haven't heard that and you're listening, go back and find the Thursday conversation because it was really interesting. And there was a lot of useful tips I think in there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one practical, so I, I actually suggested this to one of my younger clients and We, of course, talk about this all the time, but they were really responsive to this. You know, I talk a lot about, you you know, and I think we even maybe spoke about this last week, people telling me that they wake up miserable and this idea that how could anybody wake up happy? Like, that's just, there's no, people don't wake up happy. That's horrible. Well, (laughs) you know, there's no way. Like, um, in fact, not even just denying that's possible, but also being very, you know, kind of sarcastic about those that might wake up that way uh, and what it says about them and and i get that i've been there too so i understand that and Mm -hmm. you know so it's just training a new habit is really all it is but i always talk about how in the morning we have a particular opportunity because we're not awake yet and so our brain is in a different frequency it's not moving as fast our electrical Mm -hmm. circuits are not firing as quickly so we're naturally much slower that's why often you know creative people will say they woke up in the middle of the night and had this inspiration or they woke up in the morning and had this big idea or why we remember our dreams first thing in the morning but then they you know as soon as we start activating all the crazy we lose it so there's an opportunity there to leverage uh, our intentional action and thought to feel better throughout the day so it's sort of like paving the day. And I always say I never leave that up to my, never leave that up to me. So I always fill or try to fill my mind with other people's words that are very positive. So whether it's you know listening to a book on tape or to a podcast or to radio, you know, I listen to different radio shows in the morning, if nothing else, or my motivational. You know, um motivational compilation tapes that you can find just by typing motivation into YouTube, just not leaving that morning time up to my brain to fill in the blanks because you know typically what I'm gonna do is pick up the fear, so it won't be long if I let myself just kind of wake up and and start. I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, and I can hear. Okay, what do I have to do today? And what day is it? What time is it? Oh my God! You know, and just start to immediately get afraid. So, for me, that is always that's probably been the biggest, most impactful tool that I've ever, you know, well, besides meditation, that I've been able to implement. That's made the biggest impact because then you have this paving of the rest of the day where you can smile, and we can go make breakfast, and feel good, and listen to somebody else, let someone else carry your attention in the morning so that, you know, and, and also not letting that be news. So it's very important that that time be positive, funny morning shows, like, you know, interesting books on tape or positive healing books on tape, not news programming. That's not what I mean. Then you're paving your day with victim mentality because what you're going to hear from the news is that you have no power and no control and all these horrible things are happening. So yeah, but that's an easy one. I mean, that's something you don't even have to do anything. I got to is press play and put some headphones on, you know I mean? So that's a suggestion. And of course, you know, like our podcast is called meditation before coffee for a reason, you know, because if you can, if you're willing to take, five minutes or 15 minutes to engage in a breath exercise, to do one of Molly's adorable videos that are on YouTube and are so helpful to even just sit and count, you know, whatever, count your breathing or do a guided meditation, whatever it is. Um, That's another way to, again, hedge your bets. It's like, you can't leave this up to chance. If you leave this up to chance, you know what's going to happen because it's already whatever you've been doing is what you're gonna keep doing. That's just the way it is. And it has nothing to do with the environment. It has to do with what you've already done and what you've established as you know, how you're wired. So taking responsibility for how we're thinking, reacting and feeling in this, that's where we have control. Mm-hmm. And if you can start to do that, you're gonna to start to feel a little bit more empowered every day. Because we don't have much power anywhere else right now, but that's what we are looking for. you know even when when I scream at somebody else to put on their mask in a grocery store, that's what I'm looking for. I want you to do what I want you to do so I can feel better, but it's a form of control. And so you know it's important that we get that sense wherever we can. and if we can acknowledge that our power is in the present right here, bringing our attention here and controlling what we can which is like our story the narrative you know what we give our attention to what we listen to what messages we consume mm-hmm. we're gonna really dramatically improve how we feel and we're gonna get through this a lot more with a lot more ease mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah i had i had somebody say to me this week that because they're they're there is this, this huge slowing down. And if you can implement some of these techniques or tools that, you mm-hmm. know, our, our awareness expands, right. Our it's, it's actually the reverse of what we're experiencing, right. We end up feeling more connected um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and more in control. Right. So yeah. I, you know, just noticing, I had somebody say to me that they, they, went outside of their apartment building and for the first time kind of realized that there was this really cool like building next to them that they had never, this is like this beautiful building that they had never seen before. But, you know, that, mm. that did require this sort of commitment or willingness to, um, to, to start uh, a different sort of program. Um yeah, and I agree with you completely, Sam these those two kind of tools um, I, I can't say enough for them. Um, I, my favorite thing that Adam uh, Pellegrini our biohacker mm-hmm. does every morning is he wakes up and the first thing he does is he smiles. And so I kind of do that too. I, I, I really shoot for that first thing in the morning, especially when I know it's going to be like cold or rainy or, <laughs> um, you know, uh, cloudy, um, that I get like my smile ready because mm. we talk about weather too and how that's such, you know, we construct our entire agenda, our entire mood around what you know, Alexa says the weather's going to be. So mm-hmm. I just, I get that smile ready before I even open my eyes. I know it's cloudy out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a tool that I use throughout the day too. When I'm noticing my mood dip, I'll, I'll, I'll just smile.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll smile in the mirror. I just fake that smile and tell mm-hmm. this is really happening. Mm-hmm. I really am smiling. <laughs>
0: Right. It doesn't, (laughs) right. It doesn't matter though, because the brain doesn't know the difference between real and fake smile. It doesn't care whether it's real or fake. It just says, Oh, smile. Great. Flood the system with positive, you know, whatever chemicals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have always been a subway singer. Right. So, and that's something I really do miss. I love putting on my music and again, being intentional about what the media is, what the message, what the content is, but i that's something that's kind of a loss for, for me personally, mm. you know, that time on, yeah. on my commute where I would rock out to my like <laughs> positive, whatever, inspirational, feel good music and like get into it a little bit. I have no problems, um, you know, being verbal and expressive on the subway platform in my in my joy you know Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) i don't have i don't have that that's not part of my routine anymore but now i kind Mm -hmm. of walk i i will do that in different ways um i do like to kind of venture out later at night when people aren't on the street because Mm -hmm. you're right now we're really we have at least in new york we have and in many cities limited amount of space right and Mm-hmm. we're all now in competition for specific space at specific times of the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: um mm-hmm. so i've just been kind of getting creative and, and going out at you know more less frequent times of the day to do mm-hmm. some of that kind of expression and mm-hmm. and movement and dancing and just feeling like you know it is okay to be where we are right now and for mm-hmm. me to be mm-hmm. feeling good you know to mm-hmm. be singing or smiling or dancing mm-hmm. you know? i mean i still go out and like and pick up food because i want to interact with people mm-hmm. um even though you know we're wearing different masks and we're you know we have to i have to, i have a thing that i say with my um my bakery guy you know where he's i'm like i'm smiling under here <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: it's like and i'm smiling under here
0: <laughs> yeah
1: because we can't see each other's um, expressions and mm-hmm. our, our faces and how important fate are. Mm. I mean, so much is communicating express without, the, you know, language right? or mm-hmm. verbal language. And so just, you know, that too, like this dulling or this flattening of our three-dimensional three-dimensionality as human physical beings Mm -hmm. um and so it just takes a little bit more work and effort to to bring that to bring that back out right Mm
0: -hmm. um well there was also molly there was a doctor uh who felt like that was really problematic and he was mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to communicate to his patients because he's covered up and so it's yeah. not only looks like an alien I mean it's terrifying in addition to there's no oh, yeah. humanness to him so he was first put like a smiley face name tag on to try to communicate softness but then I guess somebody saw that and made them a little picture like a sticker photo so that you could see who they were underneath mm-hmm. all of the you know and mm-hmm. so I think that's a really important piece that you're you're alluding to it's we it's also scary so because we're sort of when we see people in masks like that our only maps or templates for that are hospitals Right? Or situations that, you know, maybe like skiing. I mean, that's probably the best one. That's probably the most positive <laughs> that's one. That's the most positive. Right. But I mean, yeah. like, other than that, it's... Why would you cover your face? Exactly. There's nothing, there's no real positive associations mm-hmm. with masks. Yes. So even the word has all kinds of, you know, metaphoric uh, meanings. So mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's another really important piece. So now we're out there and every person you see is also kind of a reflection of the fear of what's, that something is different, that there's something to be afraid of. So that's another piece that going out is not going out to smiling faces. Going out is going out to not being able to see, connect with people in a very basic way, not being able to see what's going on underneath there, what people's intention might be, Mm -hmm. which is all you know, also really activating and, and yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially if you actually have a, you know, if you have a personal history or trauma around an an interaction or an altercation with a person in a mask, Absolutely. You know, um, Yeah. I, I don't know if I, I remember I, I had a, a session with one of my therapists, um, right before we were locked down. And she was, she came to greet me in a mask
0: Mm. prior
1: to when we were, you know, being asked to wear masks. Um, And I was so distraught.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is
1: supposed to be my safe space, right? And, um, you know, she said, well, and we had to have a dialogue about you know well, this i this is why i'm wearing this mask and how are you feeling and, and we spent the time talking about how i felt about my therapist wearing, wearing a mask. mask
0: yeah makes sense uh, and, I made, and i made her take it off i bet you did it sort of makes sense questionable call by the therapist um which is one other thing i'm sure well we are about at time uh we have a yoga class coming up And so I want to make sure that we have time to prepare for that. But thank you so much, Molly, for joining me for this conversation. I think it's really, really helpful for people too, because there's not a lot of this kind of conversation really happening right now. It's, it's very heady stuff. It's, you know, about the virus and what's the deal with the virus and is it this and is it that and how do we protect ourselves and what's going to happen in the future in the economy, economy, politics, politics. There's not this additional space that I think is important for people to have to just, talk about what is really going on internally for people right now because this is a scary time and it's going to have a lot of residuals and so for for me certainly but i think in general it's a really important conversation to be to be circulating to be having so so thank you yeah and um enjoy the rest of your weekend Mm -hmm. exactly and be well and stay safe